Hey guys, Camille here from Remodel Your Life Show, and I wanted to take this moment to um, send it out into the world that this is the place, the show for uh, women to thrive in the trades, creative trades, construction trades, and um, I get a lot of DMs and a lot of um, emails and text messages from you all over the country and world, and um, so I love getting those from you, but I always want to, you know, every couple of months just put it back out there that this is the safe place that if you are um, suffering or struggling a little bit on your job site or in your career and you need a little bit of help or advice or you just want to vent or anything, really, basically, we can brainstorm. That's what this show is all about. So every couple of months, I like to just sort of put it out there, let everybody know that, that I'm here for that. And um, to just remember that we're trying to sort of thrive where we are, not struggle. And that's mostly because when we struggle, we don't do our best work. So please don't be shy. I don't bite, I swear. And, uh, you know, DM me, let me know. So it's private, it's confidential. And it's just, you know, just us girls talking about something. So also this week, we have an amazing guest, Maggie. And she is a real, real firecracker. So I know you guys are going to really enjoy this interview. And to kick that off, I'm going to dedicate a song to her that reminds me of her. It's like, um, you know, a little bit of Marvin Gaye to get the party on this week. So I'm going to play a little bit of the song, and then we're going to get right into the intro. So have a great week, ladies, and let's get to it. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I have a really, really interesting woman to uh, bring across your board, and she's kind of a little bit like a unicorn, and I've managed to capture her for just a few minutes to talk about her life um, as an electric electrical apprentice. And so, Maggie, thank you so much for joining us and sort of fitting us into your very, very busy life. Thank you for having me, Camille. I'm super excited to be here for sure. And hello to all of you out there listening. Yeah. So you are currently working. This is like a second career for you. And you are studying to become a journey level electrician, which my husband is a master level electrician, I'd say. And so I know just how hard that is. So I'm really impressed with what you're doing. Um, it's just a ton of content and information to take in and try to apply. What has been your sort of experience? You know, how did you get into 
well, first of all, how did you decide you wanted to be an electrical electrician, electrical apprentice? And then what has been your experience so far? Just to kind of give us a little background. Sure. Um, that's like the golden nugget question that everybody likes to hear. And I am getting better at, at talking about it. In fact, so mm-hmm. I went to undergrad and I actually wanted to be a doctor and I went to North Carolina for a couple of years. I wanted to go to med school at UNC, um, Chapel Hill. And while I was out there, I got into the fitness world, started personal training, came back to Wisconsin when I connected with my, with my, um, ex and I, I actually had owned a CrossFit gym and a USA weightlifting gym and was a certified USA weightlifting Olympic lifting coach. And, um, long story short post divorce. And then 18 months later, I was struggling with a landlord situation, which I ended up getting a restraining order against my landlord. So needless to say the, the closing of the gym now, having gone through COVID and seeing what gyms have suffered through was probably exactly what had to happen for me to move forward. But I, you know, at that, in that stage, you're not ready to close a gym and give up on this dream. That's what I committed my, my life to, to doing was to be a gym owner. So, um, I, I had to, I lost my gym. I couldn't find another location that would fit with being a single mother and, um, and then also, you know, conducive for my, for my, for the area that I wanted to stay within. And so I basically took a year off. Um, my child was in 4k, so pretty young and he had half days. So I just needed some time. I had struggled with some PTSD and, and spent a lot of time in therapy actually, Um, trying to figure out what, what you do with your life after you've been through so much. And after you basically recommitted to something, um, and what was going to work around a family again. So my brother actually was a chemist for another, for a company. Um, and we were both at a fork in a road. His company was getting sold to a Denver based company and neither one of us we're sure that we were supposed to be where we were at and we needed to figure out what we wanted to do. So our cousin who's married to a union steam fitter, he was really encouraging for us to check out the electrical trade. Well, both of us had a science background. Um, you looked at the stability of the, the trades and you looked at the, the foresight, you know, out looking out in the future, like what were the jobs like? How many of the baby boomers were going to be retiring? I mean, there is such there's such a demand for high quality individuals. We both jumped in, and we we are first we are first generation tradespeople, actually. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, we we were first generation college, and now we are. Um, first generation (laughs) electricians. So we are both actually union electricians, both apprentices. And my brother who is four, my brother started, he was four, he's four years older than I am. So Mm. he was 38 and I was 34 when we both started. And, uh, and long story short, I look back and, and everything, you know, it was a miracle in disguise. Like I said, COVID would have done something. I mean, it's been just tragic to so many things and yet I got worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I was an essential worker. I wasn't going mm-hmm. anywhere, but I was 
kicking away at 40 hours a week despite COVID where the gym, the gym's all shut down. And I mean, it was someone or something and I truly believe in it. Like God had a reason for me to get out when I got out probably. And hopefully it was because I couldn't deal with another tragedy to go through. So, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever understanding it is, it all happened and I don't look back at all. And so can you tell us like what, just because I have a thing about women really understanding like the financial opportunity that's at play in the trades, right? I don't think it's talked about enough that you can actually support yourself and make a living doing this. What sort of, what do you think you were roughly making before? And then what are you sort of roughly making now that you're just as an apprentice, right? You're not even a journeyman level yet. Like, is, can you just give us a little bit so people understand like that, Hey, you can actually really make a living doing this, right? It's like a career job. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and see, here's the, this is the, you know, that's actually a really, I'm really glad that you brought this up. Now, when I was owning my own gym and everything, I put in the hours, I poured my heart into this place. So we Mm -hmm. were turning a profit after only a year and a half, but I busted my butt to get us there. And I had, we were smart financially. We wouldn't buy all like the newest and greatest stuff Mm -hmm. all at once. It was like, you slowly grew as your membership grew. And so, um, you know, I was making tremendous money. I was making six figures as a gym owner. So when I, so this is where the therapy came in. Yeah. You but working of, way more than 40 hours a week. <laughs> well, well, right. And a split and a split day, my day would start at five o'clock in the morning at the gym. And it wouldn't be done until nine, 10 o'clock at night when yeah. you wrap things up and in between, mm-hmm. you know, just enough time to like hang out with the kids, see the husband and then yeah. You know, off do, I went for do the a load of laundry. Totally. <laughs> make dinner down a, day, just, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So, um, but, and I can have full appreciation for my hours now too. So when I, what, what I struggled with the most was when people in their, when they're professional and they're making job movements, they usually are making at least a lateral movement if not, you know, an advancement. So what I felt like this was, was me going all the way back to the beginning, like Mm -hmm. basically the 10, 12 years out of college were a waste. And that was a very hard thing for me to deal with. But when I started to understand the benefits and the wages, I mean, you're making, our local is making 43 and change per hour on check. And that doesn't even include all of the retirement funds and the benefits, the health benefits. I mean, it is crazy. I think what total package is like 70, 71 ish dollars. I don't even focus on that right now because all I'm doing is focusing on school, but right. And that's in, that's in, um, that's in Wisconsin, Milwaukee. That's in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's not California, right? Or New York? That's not California. California is way more exactly. Of course, the cost of living. So it all comes down to cost of living. Mm -hmm. I mean, be realistic. Yeah, but but I have I have awesome benefits, and you know the the wage that I started at was sixteen forty an hour as a first year apprentice. But it's, it's as fast as it'll grow as fast as you can, as long as you're getting in these hours, but to the same extent, you also have to put in the time of like, understanding you still have school to go back to school for, and that's, 
that starts off with our, with our program. It's one night class and one day class for the first three semesters. And it's a five-year program. So the most that people get to typically is eight. Well, they get to is 85% of journeyman's wage um, before they top out their fifth year and then they become a journeyman. And so you're at 85, which is, I mean, that's just 85 an hour, 85, 85%, no, 85% of journeyman scale. So whatever the journeyman scale is, so 85% of the 43, which is what 30% or $38 an hour on check. That's what you're bringing home on your check. That does not include all of the benefit packages. It's what you clear basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, and so your program is a five-year program and mine is. Yep. Right. And, and I know that Wisconsin is the most aggressive. I've heard others are mostly four, but, but you'll be more prepared. So, <laughs> and again, if you hadn't gone to college first, right, this is what you right. would be doing. Right. Which is the same thing I did too. I went to way too much college first <laughs> and then I became a carpenter. So, well, I mean, yeah, but, but you think of like what you developed as a person. So the, oh, other, yeah. half, the yeah. other half of that question that you asked me is, this is what I don't understand. Like people think of this, like, oh, you're going to be an electrician. No, I'm not. I'm going to own my own contractor. Do you know what the yes. possibilities of monetary right. compensation is when you own your own contractor? Yes. So like, don't think of this. I'm I'm acquiring a new set of skills and I plan on becoming a master, of course, because yeah. if I can, why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's always my attitude sort of thing. But like, you have to think beyond what you don't even know. I mean, and that that's a union electrician. There are specialty electricians, right? There are different companies that will hire on electricians that will be at a different wage. I mean, it is all over the board, but it is as big or as little as you want it to be. And for me, I'm not going to just stop at journeyman's wage. That's going to be just the minimal for what I expect to be making long-term, but not everybody's got that personality that ambition or that, yeah. or that ambition, but some people yeah. they're just happy. But you know what the other greatest thing is? I come home at two o'clock and I'm done for the day. And I get to be mm-hmm. mom. I get to make yeah. dinner. I get to go to soccer practice and bowling and baseball practice and da 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 da. And you yeah. know what? I don't miss out on life. I I have time for me again. Yeah. Yeah. So and you're tired. Few. You sleep. <laughs> you go to yes. bed. Like, you know, you you're buy make- a Tempur-Pedic and yes. that's what you sleep because <laughs> you appreciate yeah. your sleep again. <laughs> yeah. I love that you mentioned like the things beyond that. That's sort of what I try to do with the show is show people just, you know, just how much financial opportunity there is. And it's like, there's, there's a couple of trades that I feel like within the trades that are really known for this. And electricians and plumbers, I feel like are sort of like, they're sort of like the unicorns of the trades because (laughs) they're so in demand in so many different ways, right? Commercial, residential, private union. It doesn't matter. Like there's there. And, and like, I tell people that like the, the plumber, again, this is a good plumber that knows what he's doing and runs a business. Well, Mm -hmm. he could be one person, but the plumber that used to work for me when I did doing kitchens, you know, people think, oh, it's just a plumber that's coming in. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. Like he's making three times what you're making. And people don't realize that the plumber that's coming in now, this is California, but still, you know, he cleared like 350,000 a year. That's not even, that's not even 
the investments he did and what he did with all that cash. Yeah. Right. And my husband, when he was an electrician, like people think they make like $40,000 a year, $50,000 right. a year. And I'm like, yes. no, 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 they don't. So you know, there's just in, and they have no debt, no student yes. debt, no college debt. And it's sort of unlimited and neither one of them actually even had employees. So if they had employees, it'd be even bigger. Right. So Absolutely. I, I, that I see that in your future, girl, I see that in your future, especially because you know you're a, a woman as an electrician. Oh, yeah. is, Don't oh. think that this was also not strategically thought about yes, when that's I what was I wanted considering to know. my next move. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I sought opportunities. You, you know saw a much- huge opportunity for women oh, would much gosh. rather hire a woman to come into their house. I work. don't know of any woman own yeah. contractor that isn't just a behind the scenes sign 51% on their yes. husband's business in Milwaukee. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm familiar with every single one of them, but I don't know of a single electrical woman in Wisconsin. Yeah. In they're, Milwaukee still re- they're still really far in contractor. Yeah. No, right. So, so there's yeah, every- a minority contract right then and there. Yeah. Well, and everybody oh, no. sort of thinks that like, the industry is sort of flooded with women. Cause if you look on Instagram, you think, Oh my God, there's so many people, but it's just Mm-mm. like it was 25 years ago when I was doing it. Like you can use that from a marketing standpoint, other women who hire people to come into their house, right? The wife of the house, they'd yeah. much rather work with a woman. Yes, in, they would. In, I mean, that doesn't actually mean we're even good at our jobs, right? They assume we're good at our jobs. Well, Hopefully right. we actually know how to do what we're doing. But from a marketing standpoint, it's really easy to get those jobs because the women are just so much more comfortable with you. They, you listen, you pay attention to what they want. And, um, I love that you're doing that because I could totally see you, um, you know, ticketing out and then going and starting your own company, which is basically what I did right in kitchens. Absolutely. Hands down. Don't even try to stop this. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But but I I still think that there's a huge, there's a huge benefit and of a symbiotic relationship between men and women. We both have our strengths and weaknesses. Yes. That's how I feel. Yep. So is a woman more likely is it as is it a risk to send a woman alone to a job? Yeah. So you don't do that unless you can qualify the situation for appropriately. And you can't always be that, especially nowadays in this crazy world. But I still think that there's a benefit to having a woman available to make, say, a 91-year-old woman who needs her her generator started up or whatever, right. and she lives all alone. Do is that someone who's going to call just random people? Yeah. No, no, because yeah. loved ones are going to still care about the person that's coming into their, their loved one's home. And you know what? Mm-hmm. There's just unfortunate. There's fortunately just a natural vibe that us women give off that are going to mm-hmm. hopefully be, but I wouldn't abuse that because at the same time, I still think that men can be appropriately, of you course. know, business yeah. savvy. Yeah. That's where where the fun part I think is going to happen in the next 10 years is just these sort of subtle differences, right. And strengths and weaknesses, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, Mm -hmm. are going to start to really flesh out in the industry. I think as more women see this as a real viable option, and then men see the benefit of having women on the job site, right. That are like go-getters and ambitious and do their work and don't, you know, don't complain and just do their work. Like, like I, I really foresee that there's going to be some like subtle things where like what I saw 25 years ago, like 
I loved working with men, but they sort of, they use the things that I was really good at. And I use the things that they were better at, right? Yes. Like, why, why yes. use me to, you know, five foot three at hundred pounds to move two by fours. Like, it's not like I didn't do that. I did that for a long time, but okay. But what about right. Bob? Who's just standing there? Right. right. Like, Don't right. He's big and strong. How about, we just have, room then? Yeah. How about we just have him do that? But then you're small. So you can get up in the crow's nest and go and tie all the rafters in. Why would we have Bob do that? Like, it just try to I'm, struggle. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm hoping that sometime that sometime in the future, people start to see like, we all have these sort of strengths, things that we're better at or worse at. And we just start using everybody sort of, I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for. No. And that's, and that's taking away that whole argument of boy versus or yeah. women versus men. It doesn't matter. No other industry yeah. is segregating the genders. Why like are we, we doing are. it? Yeah. Right. We're, we're, Clearly, so if something, if you're not getting the change that you want, right, mm-hmm. fast enough, then come up with a different solution. Come up with a different uh, way of, of going at it. If yeah. you're going to keep ramming your head into a wall, well, then where are you really going to get? You can pick it all you want. You can scream at the top of the lines. Now, don't get me wrong. Women deserve to have the same rights or the same opportunity to these, these benefits, yeah. but they still got to show up. They cannot just be, I don't, I personally would feel, I don't want it just handed to me. I'm going to show you that you will love to hand over the benefits that the other gentlemen are giving because you see the quality out of me. I want that to be the reason why people make me unequal, not because I've because I'm a gender because it's checked a box. Yeah. I know because it, because we, you we have... may not have, we may not be the most popular opinion on this, but I think you and I are both on the same page that you, you, you know, there's one thing to be sort of given the yeah, opportunity, <laughs> but, but, uh, you have to live up to that opportunity in the same way that men do. But on the other hand, like, I also sort of feel like, I mean, you've, you've been on enough job sites now where you see that there's like a bunch of little fucking men too, right? <laughs> Nobody ever asked the little guy, can he do that job? Right? Like there's a, there's a wide range of men's size and shape too. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm also, they sort don't of, have the flexibility, but I'm also sort of like <laughs> against that, that like, just because it's a guy doesn't mean he can necessarily do the work either. Like there's lots oh, of guys really? that were on job sites with me that were, they were, they were the same size as me. They were Listen, big. men are just, <laughs> I have noticed one thing. I, I love, love my crew of people. Yeah. Women get catty in clicky situations. Right. Yeah. Men are very whiny and they are very catty just as much. And I have learned a lot about men yes. since yes. joining. What this, we've, what we've learned is that we're all just human, right? We all can we're be all petty. the same. Yeah. Absolutely. We're all the same. We can. Yeah. Absolutely. I listen to my husband talk to his boys and I'm like, God, you guys sound like a bunch of seven year old girls. <laughs> like, you know, um, and sometimes we yeah. sound like men, right? Like, it's just human. So, oh yeah, um, absolutely. So it sounds like you've actually had a pretty good experience, even though I know it has to be hard, like doing what you're doing has to be difficult. What, um, like what, what do you think are the, like the three most, I mean, that's a big change from what you were doing really in charge, lots of responsibility, really sort of in charge of the strategy and all that and highly educated and going in a completely different direction. And then this, right. 
what, Mm -hmm. what were sort of the biggest three surprises for you? Do you think as going into the apprenticeship program, the electrical apprenticeship program, which is very rigorous, right? It's not just Mm -hmm. like every other program. Yeah. Oh yeah. What do you think the three kind of biggest surprises were for you? So I kept a very open mind to everything. I didn't have firsthand stories of anything going into this. So one, a lot of people saw women and they probably thought, oh, she got into the apprenticeship because she's a woman. I did not almost get in Mm -hmm. to the year that I applied because of the fact that they just had an overabundance of really high scores that were accumulated between interview and aptitude. Now the aptitude, I scored the highest I can score without a perfect score, which I don't <laughs> think anyone's ever achieved a perfect score, but I, I got an it. eight out of a nine on my aptitude test. My interview, I basically had six days in the industry and was like convincing <sighs> them that I was going to be worth the investment, <laughs> running, running even the though whole- I had no... <laughs> I had no idea what I was even talking about at that point. I love it. But you know what? <sighs> I proved them. I proved them wrong. Like I proved any doubters. Hopefully at this yeah. point, I proved them wrong. Um, so one, there is, so don't just assume that women can, I mean, I, that was a surprise. Like, it's not that I just am in because I'm one of few women that tried. Um, the other thing meaning is, meaning don't as, meaning don't assume that because you actually wanted to do it. Is that what you mean? Like you I mean no, I mean that women don't have it easier to get into the trade. Oh, right. Just okay. because they're women. Right. It's not a, mean, it's not a slam dunk. Like you still have to really earn your place to get there is what you're saying. Yeah, especially somebody and I'll be honest, like I don't have what letters of recommendation do they have? I didn't have a <laughs> generational <laughs> None of us had any recommendations. Like, no, she's going to be a great great electrician cuz she's come from a long list of electricians. You have your, you fact, have your mom going, uh, I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> my mom was like, can you just make sure she doesn't die? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what a hammer is? Maybe? And I yeah. swear to God, I couldn't even put a drywall anchor in to save my freaking life when I started. Yeah. I love this story. But anyway, <laughs> the other part of this is, believe it or not, I have been shocked by the amount the the rigor of the academics. Yeah. Um, you think that college is hard. Yep. You have no freaking clue what is mm-hmm. hard until you are working 40 hour week, sometimes overtime. Expect it, expected to get X amount of grade your your grades mm-hmm. above, which is above the average for what the non-union expect. And I'm only talking non-union versus union because I don't know the non-union side of this. So the union we we had to get we have to get a minimum of eighty percent in our class. Yeah, it's not is, just like, like a, a C minus, but no, right, but it's exactly. like it's not like you can just sketch by. Like you have to you, actually really do the thing. Yeah, you have to try. You have to, try. and you know what? You kind of see that these people in the in the academics they want you to succeed, but they are not going to just push you through. They want to know that you want it. So yeah. if they don't see any effort for you to to get mm-hmm. tutoring or anything like that, they're just like fail, yep. and they'll kick you out because they got they've got thousands of applicants a year. They will just mm-hmm. replace your ass on yeah. the drop of a hat if you think that you're just going to get by by it because you come from a 
family name or something like that. So that was, but, but the rigor, like I've come home and I've literally been like in tears. The last two semesters were in tears, especially because COVID just demolished the way that this whole program was running. And I'm not one for just being spoken at. Like I need to read everything. I need to rewrite everything. All my notes are out and like, I'm, it's just, it has, but the pace was just so hard. I like could not keep up. Yeah. And that's why I failed. I mean, I did so terrible on my finals last semester. I mean, I just, at some point I felt like, you know what? It beat me. It beat me. Like I'm not, you know what? But you know what? They told me they're just like everybody. It's everybody, you know? So it's kind of like, there is still a scale. So, um, but I wanted it. I asked for tutoring. I mean, like I did everything possible. I mean, at some point it's just because you have to, you have, you have to, to have be ambitious. some sort of compassion, but yeah. you, ha- they're not going to, they're not going to just belly up for yeah. whoever the union has been stuck in their ways. And you know what? They have to have a one size fits all to some degree, because if they give a little, they give every, then people are going to find the loopholes to get through it. And that's not the type of, you don't want to run of the muck no, you, electrician you touching wires around the corner passed. from you oh yeah he's blacked out tagged out he's not going to touch my stuff okay i won't put my tag on it whatever yeah. no way there are definitely people i would not want to work with ever again yeah. that i've seen because they see that in how they treat their academics mm-hmm. so um but but you know the other part of this is women you need to understand that men really appreciate women in the trade who are there for the right motivation. Mm-hmm. They want to work with you. They see the value in you. It is not just like, a, oh, you're a cool girl, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, they, a lot of them are, they are happy for the change. And to be honest with you, like, why not add a cool person to the team if they're a cool right. person? Yeah. So like, that's, it wasn't surprising. I knew I'm a tomboy. I can kind of get along with whoever I adapt pretty well, the personalities, but like the one thing that was pretty uniform was just how men welcomed me. Mm-hmm. Like they aren't as resistant as I think a lot of people say. And you know what? The one thing I have to question is if I'm getting that sort of response and I don't get a lot of hate talk on my page or anything like that, For the girls that are out there getting all of this just shit talking, like Mm -hmm. what, why, why are some of us being treated differently? Like, you know, I start to, I start to have to wonder, like, is it a, is it a geographical thing or is it just personality? I don't know. Or is it that like, I don't know. Well, this probably won't be a popular opinion again, but I love love not being the popular opinion. Yeah, sort of. Sort of, I mean, I, what I see is that the women that really show up with the right energy and attitude and they're very, even if they're not that as ambitious as like you and I are, but they're very like, they're there to do the fucking work and they don't get caught up in the like personal little dip, you know, like diddly shit. Like guys Mm -hmm. are guys. There's like a culture, just like if you're a chef or a race car driver or a pilot, there's like a culture to every job. It doesn't matter what Mm -hmm. it is. Right. Like you were in the fitness culture. If someone walked in and was completely different than that, ah, they're going to get a little flack, right? Like to me, a lot of this is very just job cultural stuff that people have a hard time accepting. This is again, may not be a popular opinion and I'm not talking like, 
real harassment, real danger, real stuff, right? Where people are at risk. I'm not talking about that. I mean, just there's a lot of stuff that a lot of women just have a hard time just accepting and just not making a big deal out of. That's what I see personally. Yeah. And the people like you and me that kind of just like, whatever, like, it's just whatever. It's just part of the you know, you're not like, there. You're it's not, there it's for not specific else. You're to you. Job. Yeah. It's not like you personally, right? Like I see guys get stuff and it's just sort of, I feel like the people that move up faster are more focused on gaining skills quickly, finding their spot and their, and way to move the job forward in a good way that gains the respect of the other guys that are there. And and they are willing to allow, like willing to let their ignorance show because yeah, me they're admitting not like, to everybody, yeah, saying I don't know anything, I'm afraid of things. Da 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 da. <laughs> I earn their respect because I'm not just sitting there with an ego up my ass. Yeah, I know. It's it, that's why maybe it's just like a natural filtering thing. I um, I don't know. Maybe, there's yeah. I'm sure there's other women. It's that a feel, security, sure. That feel differently, but self confidence. Yeah, I don't feel every woman is appropriate on every job. Just like I don't feel every person is appropriate oh God, for every you, other job. You have right? been in my brain, lady. I have said the same thing <laughs> multiple times. This is not, and it's not, not specific a, to construction, right? No, it is like that's why I mean, like it's not a women just flood the industry. It's you have to have the right personality. personality. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the difference between the right motivation when I did waitressing to put myself through college, right. This is pre carpentry. And, you know, you could just see right away. Some people just take to it and some people don't get it. Like, and it's (laughs) not men or male or female. It's just like, girl, you're just not a good waitress. Like, you know, or or a male, right. Like there's like teachable. Yeah. There's like a culture there. You got to just get into a rhythm. Right. And, and so I feel like I wish there was more talk about that, less about male, female, and more just like, Mm -hmm. look, you got to have a certain kind of umph to get to do this job because it's a hard job. And what you've hinted at or talked about openly is it's not just physical. Like this is a, there's a lot of mental sophistication that goes on in these jobs. And I think a lot of times it gets downplayed as like blue collar work like lower oh, level work. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. go and try to put in a panel. <laughs> solve you go a bu- do my job. Yeah. Yeah. Solve Brady, a bunch of mental yeah. like gymnastics you have to do to try to figure yeah. out how to solve all these problems. And I just wish people saw more of, I thought, I wish they could see behind the scenes, just how much intelligence it takes to do the job. Right. It's not just it's a like physical job. There's an artistry to it. I can't tell you how many times we're dealing with 15 pipes that we are running from these panels right now. And I had to do some nineties and, and, and whatever. Can't tell you how many times I went back through five different (laughs) fucking pipes and I measured an inch and seven eighths, an inch and seven eighths. Okay. This one needs to get adjusted. I start over from the first one. I'm like an inch and seven. It's like the littlest thing, but the normal layman would walk into the room and be like, Hey, that was pretty decent. Yeah. Like you don't have an appreciation, but the, but the, but the, the people precision, that know, the accuracy know, and the right? artistry. Yeah. yeah. The artistry yeah, that s- goes into it. I saw your it, pick, your picks on that. Yeah. Oh was, my gosh. Uh, and I took more today. So I'm, great. and I'm excited to show more. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Well, this is, this has been good. Um, I just want to wrap up with just a couple little things. Totally. Um, 
what what do you sort of foresee in your future and, and or like specifically to moving within the union? Because I think a lot of times I know this was like brand new to me when I was in the union. I was like, what? I have to find my own jobs in the union. I thought the whole <laughs> purpose of being in the union was you didn't have to you just they just gave you work. Right. So can you talk a little right. bit about how you basically have to they give you the training, they give you the education and you get a steady paycheck. But your responsibility is if one job ends, you have to, and, or you don't like the person you're working for, you have to go out and sort of basically sell yourself into another position. Right. So can you talk a little bit about that journey that you've been going? Well, I mean, like that's hitting very close to home from a very recent experience. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I decided, you know, I will not say anything bad about the, my former contractor because I, they gave me a shot and that Mm -hmm. was what I needed. I need somebody just to say, okay, well, she's not an idiot. We'll bring her in. <laughs> and, um, and that is verbatim what my first project manager ever s- said to me when he hired me was, Oh, after reading your resume, I guess you weren't an idiot. So I figured it was worth a shot. <laughs> I'm like, well, thanks. I appreciate that. Thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> I'm not even joking you. That is what he said. Um, anyway, but what you have to do is, well, for one, as an apprentice is a very, like, there's a very, like the, some people have very like opinions about how I went about doing this whole switch over to a new contractor. But for one, if you ground yourself in like your value and what you can bring to an, as an asset to any contractor, and you, you have the ability to show them that you can put out what you are putting on paper in front of them, then right. I don't think that you're going to have a hard time staying on a page, like on a payroll. Employed, right. Employed, employed, if not advancing through those. Mm -hmm. Um, The other part of this is, yeah, I mean, I had to literally call up, I called up the hall and I just said, how do I find a job? (laughs) And they were like, well, what we'll do is, you know, and they kind of give you a guidance as to like, who's hiring journeyman, who's bringing, who's got more calls in for journeyman. Looks like that would be a sign that they're hiring. You would reach out to X, Y, and Z. And I called a lot of people and I talked to a lot of people and they were like, huh, what, what do you want? Yeah. I don't, I, you know, and finally you just kind of, you just kind of say, I know nothing. I want to do this or, or whatever you just, and then you learn to develop the, the network, you know, That's it's what I was about say. networking, the relationship, 100%. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah. you have LinkedIn, those are tools, social media, you know, people want to know what I'm doing on, why am I doing all this stuff on, on social media? It's because I don't even know where it's capable of taking me at any mm-hmm. point, but you know, right. right now, the one lesson that I've learned from the past is you have to live in the very moment that you're in. Because you try to like milk it for what it's worth and take in as much knowledge as you can, because you're not promised tomorrow or not next Monday or whatever. And you have to keep focus on the, on the present because getting too far ahead as to what this could be, that doesn't exist. No, And it's a setting you up for an expectation that may never happen. And that's a disappointment waiting to happen. And who needs more, who needs any disappointments? Yeah. So just give yourself short-term daily goals and becoming the best of the best who you can be. And, and the rest will just happen naturally. And that is the law of attraction I have applied. And that is what I'm seeing come through. And that's all I know. I can only speak from my experience, but I knew that running ahead when I said I was going to retire by 30, I was going to be a millionaire (laughs) by 30. And guess what? 
I was starting over you're, 34 you're, with $16 and 41 cents <laughs> on my paycheck. It was not a million. <laughs> right. So, I mean, have some realistic expectations for who you are, but you take it day to day. Don't, don't set, I mean, people say five, 10 years, blah, blah, blah. You know what? You can, that's fine. But for me right now, nothing, I have no idea what the next two years could bring it. Yeah. I like doing so why 90 even days worry about it. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of plan like 90 days in advance and six months in advance. That's roughly yeah, that's kind realistic. of what I'm, you know, that's like my short term and my long term. <laughs> Better um, than the five and 10 year plan. For oh, sure. that's no, I, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I think. Um, so, so I love how you said like building relationships. Cause it took me, like, I feel like you're figuring that out a lot faster than I was. Plus there was no Facebook or Instagram when I was doing yeah, it. Yeah. I but did it exploit took, that quite a bit. Yeah. It took me like a little minute to realize, Oh, like when I'm on this job site, I should be making relationships like as quickly as I can with like the best people here and sort of figuring out like, who's the best journeyman here and who's mm-hmm. sort of got connections so that you know, at least he sees me and he knows I can, I'm a good helper so that like mm-hmm. if the job shuts down or whatever, and like he goes somewhere, I'm like, Hey, can I come with you? <laughs> like, you or, know, I, hey, Nick, yeah. yeah. Yep. Or can no, you like I, see if there's a place they have slots for two apprentices over on the other job. Right. Yeah. And they, can you put in a word for me? Like that, it took me a minute, like about a year and a half to figure out like, Oh, that's how everybody else is making sure they already have a job in the future, right? Don't like, I mean, sometimes you just have to leave your job or it shuts down, but I was always like pre-planning a little bit. Like I always had like a couple little people I could reach out to who knew that I could do the thing that I said I could. And instead of like the job ends and then you're like, Oh, I guess now I'll start trying to figure it out. Like everybody's busy. Like nope. they don't, they don't have time for you unless <laughs> like, you got to do that. Remember, you're kind of a number, right? So a yeah. lot of like the, yeah. the opportunities that I got late in the game with my last contractor, I was calling up the manpower guy and I was like, right. Hey, so, such and such job is going on. Am I still going to be able to get over there to right. do those ground rods and to, you know, run those, that, that electrode. And it was like, Oh, uh, and two hours later, I was getting a call that I was going there the next day. Like the yeah. squeaky wheel. Yes. Gets yep. Yeah. Attention, you have, right. So you, you have, have to hustle. Have to yeah. to, you have to hustle. Yeah. It's, you have to hustle. You are, you are the value. You are the doer. And, and you are also just a number. And no matter what, it's not, there will personal. always be favorites. Yeah. It's yeah. not personal to, about it's you. Not personal. It's just, it's the game. Yeah. It's yeah. I, game. I had a guy. Uh, like a carpenter, I was probably about two and a half years in, I think to my apprenticeship. And I was kind of flagging and like, no one likes me. Like I'm not moving up. Like, you know, it's kind of, I was Get kind of, at, yeah, I was <laughs> just kind kidding. of like at, at that point. And he's like, no, you're really good. You're really talented. Like, you're just like, you're like, everybody here is really good. Like you're, you're just like everybody else now, you know, yeah. like you've moved up enough that you're like, like the other people. Right. And, um, he was the one that was like, you know, yeah, you have to kind of think of yourself as like a little business within the union. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, like think of yourself as like a small little business within the union. And so like the better people, they kind of use it that way. Right. They're kind of always selling themselves or thinking ahead They're They know the contractors, the big jobs that are coming. Right. And they put in a word like, yeah, I'd like to go to that job. And then maybe they're on that job for three years. Right. So then they don't have to think about a job for three years. Mm -hmm. So that was really 
Um, that was kind of like, what, a, that was like an eye opener for me that I was like, oh yeah, you're right. It is kind of like that, I'm a small business. I mean, I'm an employee, but it's like, you're a small business. Cause you have to be promoting yourself within that little, that bigger machine. Right. And like, I, and like I was saying, like, you have to have, you have to have belief in yourself. This is, this is coming back to a self-confidence. So if you are deficient in any of these things, within your trade, you want right. to, you need to exploit them. You need to get better at them fill, because fill my in cousin, those missing points. Yep. And my cousin, cousin's husband, the steam fitter who got me thinking about the trade, he worked for nine contractors in one year because if they couldn't keep mm-hmm. him on like busy, he was like, yeah. bye. Yeah. And he took yeah. a slip and he left. He's like, I know that somebody else is waiting for me. And I'm going to go because you can't keep me busy. And that's what he did. And you know what? He cannot, they will literally take pay cuts on their own freaking checks to keep him in the field yeah. because they know that he is one bad ass. That's fitter. actually the best to me. That's the best benefit of, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to be in the union. Right. But one of the best benefits is if you look at yourself, like your own little small business, you get to mm-hmm. work with, you know, like I got to work with so kinds of car- so many different kinds of carpentry and fine finish work. I would never in my whole fucking life get to do all those things. Right. That's awesome. But in the union, I worked on like 35 different kinds of job sites, right? All kinds of cities and hotels and, you know, restaurants and, and like schools and hospitals. And like, you got to see carpentry in like so many different angles. Right. So it makes you a better person. Same with electrician, right? Like the more jobs Mm -hmm. you're on, the more angles you learn, which then just makes you more, more valuable. And, and then if you start your own company, right, even if you don't need, want to start your own private company, just within the union, you're so much more valuable. Like it's it's like, if you were a, a, you know, like if you wanted to be a doctor, but they let you be like a brain surgeon one day and then, (laughs) you know, like six months later, you're doing like pediatrician work and then you're doing, you know, spinal cord. Just as long as vice versa, right? You know what I mean? I'll take the neurosurgeon who's going to the pediatrician. I know that's true. (laughs) But you, you just get, you get like a variety of ways to apply your skill set that really makes you a much better person. And so well, your division, there are companies, companies that have specialty divisions, like what I came from, yeah. which was the building automation systems. Like that was mm-hmm. low voltage, but you know what? All the journeymen used to say that was the creme de la creme of, right. of yes. electricians back, back in the day. Like everybody wanted, wanted to get to that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not that they were the weaker. I mean, they make the same money, if not more, because they're specialized and not a lot of electricians know that stuff. So, I mean, I still value everything I learned in that. It's just that I wanted the beef. I wanted the meat and potatoes (laughs) and I wanted the grunge and I wanted to kick the dirt. Like I just wanted to get into all those other situations. And you know what? Milwaukee being in an industrial, um, an industrial market makes it, there's so many opportunities and things I will see in this market that I may not see in a small town. So I'm, I'm all for it. Like put me in the worst of the worst situations. Maybe not, you know, no, I mean, I'm open-minded to whatever I I can get my hands on. I hope, I just hope because I know how much money there is and I know what like a girl electrician would be able to do from a branding standpoint. I really (laughs) hope eventually you go into residential because you would kill it. Okay. Oh my so God. Every I hope you do killing it right now. Yeah, I here. hope you do Woo. get some experience in that just so that you, you always have that, like, is your little, like 
backdoor thing that you could do. I just know how well you would do like in kitchen remodeling. And, oh oh yeah. Cause I'm a Pinterest whore. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? See, you would, you would just be like <laughs> the number one electrician. Like you would get all the work. So um, I mean, yes. The design aspect is something that I thought about. Like at first I thought that there could be some sort of combination of the electrical and like, like turnkey gyms basically mm. for like the mansions. Right. Like yeah. that's PS. That's my, anyone mm. out there trolling. I'm, I'm after you. <laughs> um, no, but there is, I mean, that, that, that's an option, but you know, of course, like you're talking about million dollar people who have, have plenty yeah. of money to spend. The other part of this is the design aspect. Like I love interior design. I'm not an interior designer, but I know many that are. Yeah. And I think that there's a complementary relationship that yeah. you have to be aware of. In well, that's, that's what I mean. Like if you just did kitchen design, like you just did electrical for kitchen remodeling companies, which are interior designers, kitchen designers, all that stuff. It's the same thing, right? If you were just mm-hmm. the premier electrical company servicing those three to four people, like I'm just telling you, like you would <laughs> well, have good. more work, you would have more work than you could ever do. Now it may <laughs> not be interesting enough. That's the only thing. Like you may like the bigger stuff, but you know, it's a lot of can lights in the kitchen and redoing all the electrical in the kitchen. And you know, but there is a lot of problem solving. I mean, and it's there's an a lot artistry. of yeah, it, yeah. It's an artistry. That's, so that's, that might be your five year, that might be five years down the line. But that's you know, that's what Larry did for me, my husband did for me with kitchens and I mean, he just, we just, we never got to all the work. Like there was just no end. Just think of how many kitchen remodels wow. there are. Yeah, It's just a non-ending stream of electrical work. <laughs> so, yeah, And I would have oh, loved to it. have hired a woman to do that. Oh, well, that's um, awesome. So, yeah, I mean, like yeah. think about it, even thinking about that, someone who's been in the industry now, who's seasoned, who knows plenty of other people. Think of Women who are listening right now, think of the opportunity that you could be having that you're missing out on. That's what I try to tell taking people. Taking this first step because yeah. you know of women out there and social media is yep. going to catapult us into. I, I've told oh, so many women that I'm like, things. why aren't there more female electricians doing kitchen remodeling? I'm like, it is literally like shooting fish in a barrel. Like there are so many kitchen remodels happening everywhere. Like if it was me starting completely over, that's what I would do. I would just become an electrician and just be an electrician for kitchen remodelers Hmm. as a woman. Hmm. Right. Like it is, it is just wide open. Instead you have like this grouchy old white guy. It's like (laughs) chubby and like, doesn't want to be there. And he doesn't want to talk about where the can lights are. And like, Oh my God. It's like, you know, he has zero interest in it. Right. And he's just there because he knows how to not, not burn the house down. But imagine if it was (laughs) someone like you, Okay. I oh, mean, it just make people want to do more, right? Yes, like, that's what is such I an opportunity. Like I know. If you're going to spend all this money on a kitchen remodel, which because that's like the biggest bang yeah. that you're going to spend, like don't just cut corners or I know. Think of like, yeah, I mean, don't even get me started on this yeah, question because I could just I go feel like this. two years from now we'll be having the same conversation, but we'll be oh, talking about let's like have a conversation you know. in two years. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so this was great. I, I know you've got your son that you have to take care of. I, we appreciate you sort of coming up, putting a little bit of time in here for us, but I think this will be very inspiring for a lot of women and you are pro union and pro electrical apprenticeship program. And, um, we just, I am pro best life. 
we love watching your journey. So, um, thank you you so much. Thank you so much for sharing what you've shared. And we will just continue watching, uh, your glorious (laughs) existence on your everybody. Let's get ready to go on a journey deep into the amazing world of glass blowing. In this series, we are going to peek inside the incredible and fantastical trade of melting sand and spinning it into blown glass. We start our story through the lens of Shannon Morgan, a 25-year veteran, a female glassblower who has worked her way up from the bottom and seen the industry from many, many perspectives. So let's fire up the furnace and get this party started. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. We've got a fantastic guest. I'm Shannon Morgan, who's going to introduce us to the world of glass blowing. And um, I'm super excited about this because she has a ton of experience in this industry in lots of different levels. And she's currently working as a glass blower as well. So, um, and what's unique about this episode is this going to be this is going to be our first on the road episode. So, in addition to this audio recording, I'm going to go out to her shop and we're going to um, she's going to show me a little bit about what she does with video. So you can look forward to that. So, thank you for joining us on the show, Shannon. Today, hey, nice to nice to see you this morning. Yeah, figuratively speaking, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I know a little bit about you. I know you've been in the glass blowing industry for quite a long time. You know, a couple of decades. So, you've got yeah. a lot of experience under your belt. Can you kind of explain to us, um, you know, sort of how you got started and why, and um, sure. and a little bit of your training? Sure. Before I did glass blowing. I actually was a neon artist. I did, I was, they call us neon tube benders. And I had done that, oh, for 10, 11 years, you know, just made small signs, espresso, coffee, you know, those kinds of haircuts, salon, you know, did lighting jobs and was truly, you know, it was very singular, very uh, solitary is an understatement. So, you know, I, I'd, had a lot of success and had my own freedoms and kind of did my own schedule. And I had a little warehouse at the time. And, um, honestly, a friend of mine invited me to come down and see this conference and it was everything glass from fused and slumped to blown glass to, to flame working to neon. And I went to this demonstration at, uh, at the time it was called CCAC and, uh, California school of arts and crafts. And there was this demonstration and I'd really never seen glass glass blowing done in person and so the place was packed and there were these at the time I didn't know but they're they're really famous glass blowers and there was two men and a woman and I watched them for uh two hours nobody really talked they just kind of did their thing and they did this very intricate Italian style latticino all the techniques goblet and Near the last two or three minutes, the it fell and broke into literally a thousand pieces, and everybody gasps. And what was interesting was the next thing that happened, and everybody very quietly, nobody threw a tantrum or a fit, they just very quietly picked up their pipes and the materials, and they started again. And I sat there for probably five hours, just mesmerized. And I, all I could think of was, I don't know what this is, but... I want to do this for a very long time. And I came back so inspired from that one demonstration to watch these people. I just was amazed at what the human hand could do 
the intricacies. And what I really loved was the back and forth between the three glass blowers. While they may have had different levels of experience, they were all equal in the piece. And, you know, I watched it to fruition where they finished it and it was just breathtaking. I was, I'd never seen anything like it. And so I went back to my friend's house. I had gone down in my little red van at the time and had my little sleeping bag and we hung out and of course we drank beer and had fun and <laughs> talked about all things glass. And, and I just came back and I just decided, I don't know what the heck I just saw, but I got to pursue it. And, you know, it's just that raw emotion mm-hmm. when yeah, you, you see something. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just, I mean, there's nothing else like it when mm-hmm. you have that. And fortunately I was conscious enough to recognize that that was this really cool gift, if you will. And so then I did some research and found out that they had glass blowing at San Francisco State. And I signed up and I think I had to borrow the money from my mom at the time. And I think the class was 600 bucks and, you know, 50 people showed up because glass was just, you know, obviously people had gone to that conference and they were, this was the only public way to learn how to blow glass versus you know, doing an apprenticeship if you could get one. And especially as a woman, that just wasn't happening back then. So I went to the San Francisco State class. I showed up and I was like, he goes, okay, there's 17 spots and I have 12 returning. So there's basically five spots for 50 people. (laughs) What they did was they just said, well, why don't you go open that furnace door? And, you know, that's how they sorted it out. And it was interesting. He comes around the room and he asked, he before we did this test of opening this 2000 degree furnace, they said, he goes, well, why are you here? And I said, well, sir, I'm supposed to be here. And, and he goes, Oh, <laughs> and he kind of, and we were, you know, I, at the time I was 35 for mm-hmm. God's sakes. And I was hanging out. This was a class of 20 year olds and 25 and, you know, and, and so I was a little out of place, but but you kind of claimed I it, the- which is which yeah. I love, oh. which we talk about on the show all the time. Sometimes you just have to have to claim your right to something, right, to be a part of it. You have to decide right. that. So you did that. I love it. Right, and so it was just like it wasn't a question at that point. I did, I didn't have all my answers, but I do know the one thing I was there for was to get into that class. I get asked frequently to teach to nonprofits, schools, and organizations that are helping kids and people training in the skilled trades, and they're looking for some basics about tools. Just this last week, I was teaching some basic hand and power tools to a group of students, and by far, the number one standout tool that everybody was just going crazy over was my Stiletto Titanium 10-ounce hammer. Compared to the hammers they were given, they were just blown away by the difference in weight, and yet how powerful it was. No more torn elbow ligaments and shoulder problems. This single tool will dramatically reduce your injuries. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about why I love it so much, because this series is sponsored by Stiletto, a US-based company that I truly stand behind, and it is my absolute favorite tool. I've had my Stiletto hammer for over 20 years, and I just love it, but it is a very specific size and shape specifically the 10-ounce smooth-faced curved hickory handle. It's under $100 and the best purchase you can make. They say it has a stopping power of a 16-ounce hammer, and I can verify that for sure. I can frame all day long with this. So if you already use a traditional hammer, you will love this for sure. And if you're just a beginner starting out, this will be the only hammer you need for life. 
So let's get into the features and why I love it so much. It's actually become like an extension of my body. So I had to really think about it a bit to list the features. So here goes. Number one, because I'm five foot three, which is short, I have short arms. So this extends my reach another full arm length. And because it weighs almost nothing, it's not heavy. So I can reach out a lot further with no effort. Number two, the weight. Because it weighs almost nothing, it is still super powerful on impact. I can use it for hours and hours with absolutely no arm fatigue at all. This includes demoing an entire kitchen, demoing trim and casework effortlessly, and of course, framing. I use it for installing kitchen cabinets and so many more things. Number three, the straight back claws let me get in close to the wall for demos. They're very narrow and very thin and they get me quickly behind the trim to remove or position cabinets. So many uses for these straight claws and they don't leave any marks on the wall. Number four, the curved hickory handle has this natural place for my hand near the end and makes swinging it a dream. I use so little effort because it has this sort of snap right at the end that that little subtle thing really helps the recoil, which brings me to the next feature. Number five, no recoil. Because it is so light, the titanium has this amazing way of absorbing the recoil and somehow concentrating your power in such an interesting way. I've never used anything like it. Number six, it is so balanced and proportional that it literally feels like it's a part of my arm. Kind of like I'm bionic. It makes me feel so powerful and I have had no injuries in 20 plus years from using it versus when I first started out in the union, my elbows and shoulders were almost completely shot in just the first couple of years. Number seven, lastly, the grip, which is so important and rarely talked about. Because most women are using a hammer that is too heavy for them, they have to squeeze their hand to hold onto it very tightly, which also creates carpal tunnel syndrome, not to mention torn forearms and elbows. Because it is so light, my grip is only tight enough right at the moment of impact and just enough to hold onto the lightweight handle. This means I have absolutely no hand tension or injury to my wrists. I can work for hours demoing a kitchen, ripping out a floor, removing all the trim in an entire house, and my hands won't feel sore at all. This is a major improvement. I remember going home with numb hands all the time using traditional hammers and had already developed a pretty severe case of carpal tunnel syndrome. This hammer fixed all that for all the reasons above. I just love her so much. And if you'd like to get yours today, please visit the link in our Instagram bio and pick one up and support this show with no extra cost to you. I can't wait to see you post pics of your new stiletto hammer and how you use it. This is my Boss Babe Hammer, and I hope you get yours today. And then I was paired up with, it's usually three people per session, and I had a couple of really good partners, and then the other session I had the version of what you just don't ever want to be as far as, you know, in that setting. You know, pretty... Uh, you know, it's kind of typical guy stuff, unfortunately, back then in glass. It's, you know, it's pretty pervasive that it's uh, it's ego versus just the process of learning. And so the other partners made up for that. And so they were super cool and they were always generous with their time and always generous with their information. And this other guy kind of wasn't. And so I figured out if I traded my time, I could work my way back into really good partners. And it's not to say that, you know, it's like to run away from a situation because definitely if you're in the trades, 
you can't really run away from situations like that for a very long time. You're just going to have to deal with it and find your most diplomatic, you know, way of holding your, your ground, literally. But, you know, I just became friends and I started cleaning and then I got a, I literally got a job over in uh, the East Bay at this little studio called K-Pasa. And it was right next door to this other, there was two glass studios right next to each other. One was called Union Street and one was K-Pasa. And I got a job literally cleaning stairs. And so I would joke while I was cleaning stairs and I was cleaning floors and I would sing Cinderella, 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 <laughs> <laughs> while I was cleaning. Cause you know, well, I'm cleaning a scrub, you know, gruffy, mm-hmm. scrubby studio. And so I was just, I just made it kind of fun. And I, you know, I don't know if the owners appreciate it or not, but you know, I just made it interesting and fun. But what was interesting, I'd had to, so for every hour I worked, I had to work four hours to get one hour of studio time because studio time's super, super expensive. It's like, if you can find it and if you're qualified, it's typically 45 bucks an hour just to walk in the place because, you know, the glass, the gas, all that stuff. So I saved up my time, saved up my time, but then Um, Being the inquisitive person that I am, I'm always asking questions. Uh, Next door, there were these two really great glassblowers. And uh, these gentlemen from uh, Mexico were amazing. They're like the no-name, journeyman, super cool at what they do guys that were just workhorses. And I used to go over and watch them for an hour every day because that's my lunch. And so I'd watch them and I just became fascinated by their movement. It was so lyrical. It was so in sync. There was not a wasted effort. And I just was like, it reminded me of sports when I was in college that, you know, I'd been on a couple of really great teams where there wasn't any bickering. There wasn't, it just, everybody found the flow and they just created these really whether it was the team that we, you know, we were playing field hockey or softball or then watching these guys blow glass together, like just these beautiful human machines. And I just, that was so attractive to me uh, and to be lost and to just to go into my right brain and just to watch them was mesmerizing. And they were there and they noticed. And so when I got to blow glass, I'd show them my little, you know, first year masterpieces and they were very generous. <laughs> um, you know, they, they weren't very good, but they were nice you know, they, too. Yeah, they they knew that they that I had um that I was struck by the passion of it. That I they, and they were too cuz you know, they were doing martini glasses and goblets and wine glasses and they were doing hundreds a day. Hmm. But they were still in love with it because what I also noticed is on their lunch hour they were making their own work. And that's a big tradition in glass where you're given an hour or two at the end of the week, or you take your lunch hour, you pretty much just eat your lunch and blow glass. So you get an hour. And then those pieces were considered your bonus. Mm. So watching them do that, I was just like, whatever they're doing, I got to know. And then as luck would have it, my friend introduced me to a really amazing glass blower from Seattle, James Nowak. And, um, Boy, talk about dynamic personalities. This guy had bright blue eyes. I met him at the um, show in San Francisco. I think uh, not the sofa show, but uh, it's like a like a wholesale show. Anyway, I met him, and his eyes were just sparkly. And I was just like, I don't know what you know, but I want to know it. He goes, Well, as luck would have it, I'm having I'm teaching in at Corning, New York, and, um, I'm teaching surface decoration on glass. And I was like, Oh, I don't know what I got to do to go to there. But 
So I I got there, and that's a whole nother. That's a that's a story over a couple of beers. So let's take a short break, and when we get back next week, we're going to learn how to make glass blowing even more exciting by adding color with James Nowak. You're not going to want to miss it. 